What's going on, guys? My name is Chris DeSaro, and you're listening to the Cardinal Med Podcast, where our goal is to empower and inform future doctors. Welcome back to the Cardinal Med Podcast. This is episode number two, titled The Cardinal Med Philosophy. I was watching this YouTube video the other day that was talking about the importance of a, quote, intro video, like a video that's pretty brief, that gives its viewers an overview of what the channel is, and uh, so they know what content they can expect in the future. Well, since this podcast is so young, I thought it'd be a good time to get that out in the public so our listeners can know what this podcast is truly about. In this episode, I want to outline the 10 tenets of the Cardinal Med podcast. I was going to make a joke about saying the 10 commandments of the Cardinal Med podcast, but I don't know how well that would have went over. So the 10 tenets of the Cardinal Med podcast, things that really make this organization tick, ideas that are going to be present throughout pretty much every episode we publish. These 10 things uh, are very much the bread and butter of Cardinal Med. And we hope to convey these tenets really within each episode and the whole part of the series, no matter where Cardinal Med continues to grow in the future. And before I hop into this Big Ten thing, um, I just want to mention that Cardinal Med is now on Patreon. So if you like the content we have out so far and want to see us grow, consider becoming a patron. Uh, it's less than a Spotify student account, uh, so I imagine it won't really break the bank. Um, and by becoming a patron, you can earn eligibility to receive kind of insider stuff from Cardinal Med, like resources mentioned in the episode, a template MCAT study calendar that you can craft yourself, written tips and summaries of the episodes, and other gifts that we're going to flesh out in the future. So if that piques your interest at all, please consider becoming a patron, or more importantly, rating us well on iTunes. That way we can sort of spread the Cardinal Med message and philosophy out to as many people as possible, which we're about to outline. So here we go. Let's get into the episode. All right, number one, become a person first, then an applicant. It's important to realize that even though colleges and med schools flaunt big stats with the, you know, the GPA and the test scores, at the end of the day, they're a business, and they're a business that's investing in you. They're investing in you coming to their school, graduating, promoting that school so they can gain support, money, and really build a rapport in the alumni community. This is relevant because you want to convey to that school that you're worth investing in, and that goes way further than taking a couple of tests pretty well and having a few A's in your transcript. And I don't mean doing things like just taking a leadership role simply because it sounds leadery, like no one really cares that you're just president of the key club or something. What shows leadership, for example, is being a leader. Start your own initiatives. Make a change that you want to see and be, and like really just emulate that change. Take classes because they fuel a passion of yours, not because it's an easy A. Trust me, they see right through it. I remember one time uh, I was stressed over some school stuff, and this is a few years ago, and I went to my advisor. I was uh, stressed on my classes. I wasn't necessarily getting the grades that I wanted at the time. And my advisor made a really good point. In his experience with grad school and helping other pre-meds uh, get into medical school, he said that the main goal of the application is essentially a defense of your transcript. It's a defense of your transcript. In the same way that a PhD defends a thesis, you defend your academic life and explain why your academic or non-academic experiences make you the well-qualified, put-together person that they see in front of them today. They're going to be like, oh, so what made you take phenomenology or why did you take cell bio? And saying that you just wanted the grade or that you don't really know why you took it, it just won't cut it. Although volunteering and leadership stuff may seem like checklist nonsense for an application, which to some extent it may be true, but if you really hone them to your inner passions and all that, 
they become more than just typeface on your resume. They become a part of your identity. And that's really where it counts. All right, tenant number two. Planning and managing your time efficiently is freedom. You've probably heard the saying that time is your most precious asset. And man, is that the truth, especially when you're pursuing a career like medicine or a career that has a lot of schooling in it because it takes so freaking long. It's easy to look at the road to becoming a doctor and think you have to put your happiness and your hobbies on hold for when you're out of school and training. But while delayed gratification is important, in fact, it's part of the next tenant, it isn't the whole equation. If you make it the whole equation, your life is just going to fly by you without you being able to attend to what makes you happiest. You need to get a time management system that works and allows you to do the things that you love while also getting your schoolwork in order to be an effective applicant. I know the last tenant and maybe a little bit of this one was all rainbows and sunshine, but it is obviously important to be pretty impressive on paper too, you know, test scores and all that. So you need to find a system that works. I recommend Google Calendar, who I wish I could say was sponsoring this podcast, but you know, they're not. With Google Calendar, You can set up multiple calendars that overlay so you can remove one if you want and customize them how you like. I have five. Class, one called class parenthesis other, due dates, office hours, and personal. The first is class, which is self-explanatory. You kind of put in what class it is, your uh, professor's name, where it is, time, and all that. Class other is for clubs, work study, sports practice, stuff that isn't class, but isn't exactly flexible either. I'm an RA, so I put all my RA stuff in there, and you know, it's just stuff you can't necessarily swap out at the um, drop of a hat. Due dates are for exams, essays, assignments, and I usually put them as all-day things, like at the top of the day. Um, That way, it's like in a banner form, and it sits on the top of the whole thing, and you, you can see ahead of time when things are due. You don't have to rummage through hours and whatnot. The one called office hours is just for my professor's office hours, like it sounds. You know, you put their uh, the location of their office in there and when it is. And this overlay is usually off because in Google Calendar, you can click a button and the calendar kind of disappears. Um, yeah, when you need office hours, you just hit the button, it overlays, you see how it fits in your schedule and you attend if you need it. Personal is for everything else. I put when I'm hanging out with friends in there. I put when I'm going to the gym, family stuff. I put when I want to do homework and study on there also. Anything that isn't these aforementioned four things kind of goes in my personal calendar. Doing all of this means that everything you have to do is already scheduled. You made the time for it ahead of time, so you don't need to stress about running out of time to do it. This also means that when you're not doing any of these things, say like during these blank spots in your calendar, because you're not going to fill up the entire day, you can do whatever you want. You could take a nap, you can paint, you can sit on your phone if you really want. That's you time. Setting aside time for your obligations in this sort of four or five calendar system I mentioned lets you take the time that's you time and not have to worry about having to do something else. That something else has already been handled. Now it can be off your mind and you can enjoy what you want to do and really focus on that and that only. I don't even have a mental map of my day anymore, to be honest. I just kind of look at Google Calendar and it tells me where to go and I don't even have to think about it. It's actually quite nice. All right, tenant number three. Delayed gratification is the name of the game. Emphasis on delayed, emphasis on gratification. Setting up yourself for future success is paramount in really every academic setting. At some point or another, you're going to have to suffer a little bit and get what you need to get done out of the way. This may mean just sitting down and grinding at the books for a bit or not being able to go out with your friends on some Saturday night because you have a big exam coming up. It sucks and I wish we all could just be able to do whatever we want when we want, but when reality hits, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. 
The reason this is mentioned on one of the tenets is that it's important to recognize that your life will not always be like this. Well, you're always going to have to do things you just don't want to do. I'm sorry about that. But I mean that when you're pre-med, it's difficult to see the road's end. Trust me, I am one and it's pretty hard. But if conversations with doctors and med students and residents have taught me anything, it's that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. It's just a long tunnel. It's a kind of a bottleneck. And I know it's hard seeing some of your business major friends or whatever go out on Thursdays when you can't or seeing them graduate at 22 and start working when you're barely halfway done. But just keep in mind that there's a light at the end of this tunnel. I'm going to have med students, doctors and residents and all that um, on the show at some point who can more accurately attest to seeing this light. But from my own personal conversations and as I make strides down uh, this tunnel a little bit further every day, it becomes more and more encouraging and rewarding. All right, tenant four, helping other students is an empowering experience. There's a quote out there that goes something like, no man is an island. And if it isn't clear, that's just saying that no man or woman achieves success without the help of others. Whether it be family, friends, teachers, or maybe your belief in a higher power, no one accomplishes their goals without the helping hand of someone else. As a result, Cardinal Med wants to emphasize this sense of duty to sort of pay it forward, so to speak, to help other students when they need it because it's both the right thing to do and just to give back and help them, or rather give back the help that you've received in some other way or another. There's this toxic culture among pre-meds and even med students to some extent about hyper-competitiveness, the idea that you just need to beat out your friends and colleagues at every step of the way because it's also contingent upon being a, quote, competitive applicant that you just don't want any other competitors. And it's this trap that sadly contributes to the high rates of med student and physician suicide that we see nowadays. Like I mentioned in the first episode, the culture is just so poisonous and not conducive to mental health that it ruins these people. This obviously isn't the only thing that's causing this problem, but it's a strong contributor. And it's easy to fall down this trap of hyper-competitiveness and pushing others out of your way. But if your intent is to go into a field like medicine where you're inspired to help people, then why is your entire academic career based on bringing down others? It makes no sense. It definitely seems contradictory to me. Whether it be your future patients or your classmates right now, helping people is just part of medicine and life. You can't just go your whole career pushing others out of the way and then expect to honestly uh, flip sides into a career rooted in helping people. That being said, helping other students succeed should be an empowering experience. You're helping people, and isn't that what it's all about at the end of the day? And come on, how good does it feel to see someone else's stress kind of just be relieved by a few minutes of your life? I think it's an irreplicable feeling, and in the end, will just make you a more effective and honest doctor. Tenet 5. Know thyself, and if you don't, learn and then build your own personal narrative or story. This sort of goes back to tenet number one about becoming a person first. But I think it's important to know yourself or at least actively and eagerly seek to learn who you are. By this, I just mean understanding what you like, your passions, and how you seek to grow every day. This is because when you're at an interview or something and you have to paint this picture of who you are to a complete stranger... You want to demonstrate this quest to find what fuels your passions and contextualize yourself in the world. You want to be able to build a strong rapport and a sense of trustworthiness with people. And you can best do that by building this sort of life narrative through which you can connect to others. Based on your personality and things you love, build an array of experiences. Study abroad, join organizations that you really like, and think about what will help you be a better you and pursue it. 
On the flip side, cut the pieces that aren't really helping you grow. Um, a bit of a personal story, I guess. Um, I was a track athlete for about 10 or 11 years of my life, and it was an integral part of my identity. However, um, just recently, I realized that uh, being part of the team just wasn't helping me grow. I was, uh, I was static, and I was stuck as the Chris that I was a few years ago. Um, and things that aren't helping you grow, you just need to cut it. Um, always act, always seek to better yourself in this world. So yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that it works in both directions too. It's not all about um, growing. It can be about cutting things that just no longer um, are conducive to your personal growth. Next up is tenant six. Prepare for the future, but not too much into the future. We talked before about planning and time management and just keeping the future in mind with your time management skills so you can have the freedom to do what you want with your own time. But it's important to always keep this sort of present mindset. Obviously, there's moderation in everything, and this is certainly no exception. Sometimes you just got to loosen up a bit and not make everything so future-focused. Taking yourself too seriously is just setting yourself up for regret later in life, sadly. So this is a bit of a short one, but just being vigilant and intentional with your time and goals, but not being afraid to kind of uh, let up a bit. Not everything has to be so micromanaged uh, for yourself 10 years from now. Otherwise, you'll just be blindly following a schedule and realize that your life is kind of just passing you by, you know. Tenant number seven, always be on the lookout for opportunities to grow. There's a quote out there that goes something like, to rest is to rust. And it's usually a quote echoed by old dads kind of drowning in their work. But uh, it does hold a lot of truth. The person you were when you were 16 isn't the person you were when you were 20. And the person you are when you're 20 isn't the person you're going to be when you're 30 or something like that. Ideally, you want to be a better you as you age, and only you can find out what makes you the better you. And once you find out well, what those things kind of are, actively pursue them um, and really do things that cater to uh, what makes you the better you. Um, for example, I love to teach and inform students, so I'm, I made this podcast. I took up a TA position at my school to help cater to this passion. At the same time, um, I've historically had a fear of public speaking and presenting, so by student teaching and doing things like that, I'm catering to both my love to teach while improving on a weakness of mine. I'm trying to grow in two different ways um, all through the same medium. Doing this obviously will depend on your own weakness and passions, but uh, it's very important to be on the lookout for these outlets so you can become the best you possible. Maybe you, you derive a lot of pleasure from volunteering and you want it to be a bigger part of your life. Do it. Absolutely do it. This shouldn't be much of a soul-searching tip overall, to be honest, but finding things that help you grow as a person is usually pretty natural, but can take some active introspection occasionally. All right, tenant number eight. I can't believe we're near the end already. Uh, look for advice when you need it, but only from people who've done it. There's a YouTuber and doctor out there I love to watch. His name is Dr. Buck Parker, and he gives very candid, no BS advice to doctors, students, and patients. And is overall just a pretty entertaining guy as a whole. But he always says uh, he always says to only consider advice from people who have accomplished and or are good at the things you're striving for. For example, your buddy who's a finance person might not be the best person to ask about getting into medical school. That sounds pretty straightforward, but sometimes when you're desperate, you'll just <laughs> you'll look to anyone for advice. And as the saying goes, take some advice with a grain of salt, but that's especially true if you're looking for words of wisdom from someone who just does not know your situation. 
if you want to get into investing and you read a Warren Buffett novel uh, that told you one thing, but your local barber wants you to get into Bitcoin or something, I'd listen to Warren. Um, I feel like he may, he may know uh, what he's talking about a little more. And if it wasn't implied, asking for help is still invaluable. There's no use in dealing with a problem solo um, when there's a support system out there for you. Here at Cardinal Med, we're dedicated to indirectly supplying a sort of basic support system for success, but obviously a more intimate one with your family, friends, and other people in your life is essential in ensuring that you're not going to fall off the rails emotionally or anything. Uh, Just a little reminder to keep your personal health in mind above everything. Tenant number nine, the penultimate of uh, the whole collection, take reasonable risks. Returning to the building your own narrative piece, uh, that sometimes involves taking some risks that you otherwise were a little afraid to take. I have a friend who's pre-med, and uh, he initially did not want to study abroad his junior year because he thought it would be more valuable staying home, uh, or at least at his home institution, boosting his GPA, make uh, maybe taking on a more pronounced leadership role, and played a little safer. Especially with a major as hard as his, that's kind of expected. He was a biochem major. But he was eventually persuaded to take a reasonable chance and went to Copenhagen for the fall semester, and he cites it as one of the most life-changing experiences he's ever had. It both revitalized his love for medicine, uh, he was in a medical program, um, I forgot to mention, and it gave him like this irreplicable life experience. Uh, This is all in spite of what appeared to be a safer decision to stay back and uh, make him a more, like, competitive applicant on paper. But this small yet reasonable risk he took overall made him a better person that can connect with people in an entirely new and unique way. The moral of this story is that sometimes playing the safe route can inhibit your personal growth, uh, which at the end of the day is kind of the goal of the whole thing, right? So take risks that really cater to your lifestyle and persona. Like maybe studying abroad or something like that just isn't for you. It's not really part of your personality, but hopefully I'll convince you otherwise in a, in a later episode. But taking small risks that cater to your personality type and all that can help broaden your horizons. It's important to deviate from the beaten trail every now and then, um, really just to just establish your own limits and understand how your values and passions change as you age. Um, It's really all going back to that whole idea of building your own personal narrative and growing as a person. And finally, uh, number 10, don't be afraid of failing. Not because it's not scary, but because it's okay. And this is a pretty big one that I struggle with myself sometimes. It's pretty easy to fall into the whole like perfectionist anxiety that some of us have. That is an anxiety over constantly seeking to create perfect work or whatever. Uh, But as cliche as it is, Failing is essential to growth and learning. If you keep stressing over the minutia of something in order to make it flawless, all you're doing is wasting energy and time. Take, uh, take a simple example. You're writing a paper, and it's pretty good, but it isn't perfect. You know, you um, crossed your T's, dodged your I's, and all that. Um, but something's missing. Uh, nothing essential, though. Um, and if you spend another few hours going over the nitty-gritty in order to make it perfect rather than handing it in and allowing the professor, a qualified individual, to help you improve it, you're just wasting time. Uh, Sure, you'll maybe do better on the paper doing this, uh, but you won't know why you did better. Um, you'll You'll get the next assignment and just think you have to replicate that same process, that same lengthy process all over again, never really allowing yourself to learn from your faults because instead you're just kind of guessing essentially. Uh, Let yourself be imperfect so you can take greater steps towards improvement, uh, whether you're in the classroom or not.
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cardinal Med Podcast. If you found any of this information helpful, please be sure to rate us well on iTunes or whatever platform you found us on. If you did not, uh, we'd equally appreciate some constructive criticism as well. That way we can improve and best help you as a student succeed. Consider becoming a patron on Patreon uh, if you want some inside gifts from Cardinal Med um, and just want to see us grow in production and quality. Finally, just as a bit of a disclaimer, any information you obtain via Cardinal Med is for entertainment purposes only and should 100% be verified with your own pre-med advisor as they can provide a much more individualized approach. Um, I am not a pre-med advisor. I am a student much like yourself, just with some additional experiences. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.